Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Carissa Mom Podcast with the HR Twins. We're so glad that you could join us today and so excited for this episode. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Career Salon Podcast with the HR Twins. We're excited to have you in the salon for our episode today, discussing a secret topic with one half of the HR Twins, Carla. It's not a secret, but I'm going to swing it over to Carla so that she can tell you about what we're discussing today. Hey guys, guess what? I was laid off during COVID. No. Yes. <laughs> I, me and Camille literally did a workshop on job searching in the COVID-19 environment in April. And I of was 2020 of 2020 mm-hmm. and I was laid off in May. <sighs> wow. So I guess we were doing that workshop for our audience and for us. <laughs> right. Because I definitely use some of the tips and tricks that we talked about in my own job searching experience. Yeah, I mean, we have to be real. And that's what this episode is going to be. It's going to be real. Um, We're just, we're not going to hold you long. We're just going to talk to Carla a little bit about her experience and pathway to new opportunities in COVID-19. And I think that this episode is important because A lot of career coaches and career counselors or resume writers, they don't talk about their own personal experience with job loss or transitioning jobs. And in the career salon, we pride ourselves in being real, being honest, you know, making everything transparent. And this is a transparency moment, I think, for you, Carla. And so I think that through what you're going to talk about in terms of your experience with job searching and getting a new opportunity, it will help somebody that listens to our podcast or follows us on social media and all the content that we try to put out to just help people. So let's start off by talking about your like, okay, you got laid off and you know, you have to file for unemployment and you have to by law or just as a requirement of unemployment, you have to start looking for jobs. So start off with, you know, how that process went for you. Well, this was my first time being separated from employment since I was 14 years old. I've always had a job and I've never been separated, whether voluntary or involuntary. So this layoff experience was new for me. It was mm-hmm. the first time that I filed unemployment, and that was a total mess. I'm, I heard it was a mess before COVID, but it was even more so. Compounded, during- right. <laughs> <laughs> I know me working, I would send messages and emails to the people that worked with the unemployment to get people's claims process faster and all that. But looks like I should have saved the email or two because I right for yourself. It took 10 weeks to get my first payment of unemployment. And and you know, my situation wasn't as dire as someone else's. So I'm not even trying to say that 
I experienced it really bad because fortunately my husband was still working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we weren't at the point of, you know, oh, we're going to lose a car or something like that. Thank God. But I know other people were and are, yeah. and they still experience that type of weight for in Tennessee is $275 a week. Wow. Minus taxes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. you're not working and you just need taxes taken out of your. Right. <laughs> so that experience was just, I was so fed up. I was emailing, calling people, and I didn't get a breakthrough until I finally reached out to a colleague and said, Can you check in my email, <laughs> my last emails, and search for a person that I used to talk to? in the unemployment office and I was able to get an email for a direct person and all that they were missing was a copy of my license, which I already sent them. Wow. That was what held me up for 10 weeks. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy to think about. Like, what if you weren't married or what if you were like, you know, single or single mom or something and was waiting on that to provide for your family? Right. Yeah. Mm. So... That was quite a ride. And, you know, at first when I got laid off, I was in shock. So I went through that for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would say day two, I was on it. I was revamping my resume, adding more stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. I had a pretty nice resume, but I wanted it to be formatted differently. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to highlight certain skills because I was going after, you know, more senior roles and I wanted mm-hmm. to to reflect that. And I thought I had a, settled on a good resume, getting input from you and a couple mm-hmm. of other people from our tribe. Mm-hmm. I settled on a good one. And then, you know, you apply for 50, 60 jobs and you're not getting really any pings. And it's like, okay, so maybe my resume is crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then you do your resume over again. Right. And then you start to second guess yourself. Yeah. And then that's when you start going down a rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. You start going down the rabbit hole of why aren't people calling me back? Right. Is there something wrong with me? Right. Do I not have good enough experience? Yes. Yes. And you're like, what am I doing wrong? I promise you, I thought I knew how to search for a job. You know, I immediately started networking that same week. I reached out to people I've worked with, vendors that I've worked with. And told them if they see any open roles and people Mm -hmm. were reaching out to me on LinkedIn. How can I help? Can I make an introduction? So I got a lot of traction with people trying to help me. It was just very difficult to navigate that when they were just trying to navigate keeping their own job. Yeah, that's laid off. Yeah, I get it. You know, so Mm -hmm. that was a lot. And then I think no matter how skilled you are, and I'm pretty confident in my skills as an HR professional. Yeah. I've done a lot of good work in Mm -hmm. my career. You have. I call you for everything. (laughs) (laughs) And I pride myself on finding out accurate information and all of that. So I know what type of professional I am, but there it gets to a point where you're thinking about getting a job every day and you're thinking about the fact that the phone is not ringing, you're not getting email responses, is when you start thinking, well, I thought I was smart. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm losing my skills mm-hmm. sitting here. Mm-hmm. Or I feel like maybe it's me. Yeah. You go through all the stages of grief, denial, anger, 
bargaining, depression, acceptance. No matter if you're in a comfortable situation financially or if you're not, you still go through those feelings. Right, right. It's a natural reaction to loss. Yeah. I, I mean, I've been there. You know, I was laid off not for nine months, but I was laid off like back in 2009 for four months and going through that process. It's just disheartening, right? And then, first of all, job loss at any stage is hard. And then you put a global pandemic on top of that. And then you put a weakening economy on top of that, you know? So you have all of this self-doubt and this grieving of, you know, job and all of these things. It just compounds and just really is a lot of pressure, a lot of stress. So how did you deal with that, Carl? How did you cope with all of those emotions and just everything that came with suffering job loss? Well, I would say first I had to learn how to meditate. Mm -hmm. I would take morning walks by myself and just breathe. I had to learn how to breathe, downloaded the Calm app. (laughs) Yeah. I did all sorts of things. And for me, I'm a talk through person. So I need to talk about my issues to other people. So Mm -hmm. I talked with you and some of our other friends when I needed to and talked through my thoughts. And and actually later on in my job search, I started joining communities. Mm -hmm. That's good. I I joined, you know, the MT Sherm transition group, which was Mm -hmm. very helpful to just talk through the issues of transitioning and looking for employment. Mm -hmm. joined Cedar Lodge, which Mm -hmm. is a network of career-focused individuals where we talk about different topics. And actually, the leader of that group, Megan Leatherman, is going to be on our podcast later. Megan! (laughs) And just having people around me that were encouraging me and willing to listen Mm -hmm. really helped me through. And and actually through networking, I actually did get a career coach. Mm-hmm. And that process helped me. Yeah. But when I got to know my career coach and through career coaching, he had me do a three-year plan mm-hmm. because he was like, what do you want to do in the next three years? And I was like, I couldn't necessarily articulate that really clear. Mm-hmm. Made like a mind map. And one of those things mm-hmm. on the mind map was to get a mentor, an HR mentor. Mm-hmm. I hadn't had one in a long time. And I thought I felt that I needed that in order to get to the next level in my career. Mm-hmm. And by that time, we had talked for like five or six months mm-hmm. through the career coaching. And he was like, I'll be your mentor. Wow. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, relationships are organic. Yeah. Yeah. And actually I found out that I didn't necessarily need a career coach. What I really needed was a mentor. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good little revelation there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes you just talk yourself into, I mean, but you like networking and having conversations with people and having the process of talking through your emotions and things like that and discovering that what you needed or what you wanted wasn't necessarily what you needed at the time. That's a good revelation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I realized some, you know, through writing and talking with my mentor, I realized some things about myself that were no longer true. Mm-hmm. And how to focus on new things. And this was just really humbling. 
I will mm-hmm. say. Yeah, I bet. It, I, like I said, I've been there. So totally understand. We're going to take a, a pause right here to hear from our sponsor, Anchor. But then we're going to talk to Carla about how many jobs she actually applied for. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and we're back. Thanks, Anchor, for sponsoring our podcast. (laughs) Carla. Yes. How many jobs did you apply for? Um, 273. Woo! Did y'all hear that? 273 jobs in COVID-19 job searching. How about those apples? Yeah, 273. And I did. It is unreal. Yeah. And I did keep a tracker spreadsheet. So that's a Mm -hmm. tip. For anyone looking for a job, make yep, a spreadsheet. A always give to. Yep. Make a spreadsheet, put the name of the company, position, date you applied, and do all of that. Especially if you're filing unemployment, it's just easy to go back and look at it so you can list the jobs that you applied to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're not searching through your emails. So, yeah. I applied for that many jobs, but I had like 30 conversations with random people across LinkedIn. I was having coffee chats all over the place, mm-hmm. and networking, going to events on LinkedIn. And yeah, I know you were like doing something every day. I was booked, okay? Booked and busy, okay? Booked and busy. And you know, the, the thing with me, I wouldn't necessarily advise that other people do that. I would advise that people don't just jump right in to being booked and busy. You do need to take some time to process the fact that you don't have employment or you got laid off. But yeah, I was booked and busy like a couple of months after I got laid off because my mind wasn't doing well being idle. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Those negative thoughts started creeping in and you're like, oh no. Yeah. Another thing that I had to do was put post-its on the wall. Mm, okay. I had to say, I'm valuable. I'm unique. Mm-hmm. I'm worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had to write positive affirmations to myself so I can see them when I woke up in the morning. And that really helped me. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think there's so much pressure in just corporate America, maybe entrepreneurship too, but I'm specifically talking about corporate America. I think there's so much pressure. It's like, if you don't, if you can't get a job quickly, then that means you're not good enough. Right. Yeah. I feel like there's that stigma attached to being unemployed. Yeah. It's like when you go on LinkedIn and you see so many people unemployed. Right. And it's like, that's why I feel a ways about the open to work circle on LinkedIn, because I feel like, you know, just from being in recruiting and just interfacing with so many hiring, man- hundreds of hiring managers they never wanted to go after the unemployed person. They were always like, for the most part, um, you know, just some of the people that I work with, they were so interested in passive candidates, like candidates that kind of fit the mold they were looking for. Mm -hmm. And if they were unemployed, it's like, oh, something must be wrong with them. They're unemployed. And so I feel like that stigma is compounded on uh, you know, a platform like LinkedIn. I don't know. I was... I was kind of like on the fence with that whole open to work circle. What did you think about that, Carla? Well, I put it on. I didn't really necessarily want to have the green circle around my profile picture. But if you want to open up the fact that you're open to work to recruiters that don't necessarily have that capability because they didn't pay. Yeah, for the recruiter platform. Yeah. 
see everybody who was open to work privately. Mm -hmm. uh, so I wanted to show those recruiters. And, you know, another recruiter told me that because I was like, I took it off. Do you think I should put it back on? And she was like, it's up to you. But I'll just tell you that, you know, the LinkedIn recruiter platform is kind of pricey. Mm -hmm. And everybody, every company doesn't have that luxury. to Yeah, have. it's expensive. So breath of that. And so you mm -hmm. might want to leave it on so those recruiters can see that you're open to work. So right. back on. Right. Before we get to the end of our time, just a couple more questions, Carla. One, I want to talk about, I know you applied for so many positions and you talked to so many people networking as well as talking to people during the interview process. But I want to talk about, you know, people that maybe have been laid off for a while, like you were during this global pandemic and people feeling also the pressure to settle for just like any job. Oh, yeah. what, what are your thoughts? Because I know you had a couple interviews and it was like, uh, should I move forward with this and take this because I really do need a job or do I wait for that great fit to come along, even though it's been a while? What are your thoughts on that? Oh my goodness, you're so right on that. You know, I think the pressure just to have a job gets to you and you're like, mm -hmm. okay, if I actually get through this process and they offer me a decent salary, I'm just going to take it because I feel like I need some income that's more than the 275 a week coming in the door. And I know some people don't have a choice. They yeah. have to take the job that's going to help them provide for their families. So mm -hmm. we're not talking about that. Yeah, you do have the opportunity to make sure that you're with a company whose values and ethics line up with yours. Yeah. And all of that, I would say to wait on that opportunity. I did go through five rounds specifically with one company who's very large. And by the time I got to the fourth and fifth interviews, it was so many red flags. I was just like. I had a red flag at the beginning, but because I was like, oh my goodness, I need a job. I need to continue my income coming in. I just went through the process. Mm -hmm. The first two interviews were great. The hiring manager was great. Mm -hmm. When I, I got hired into senior HR leadership, it mm -mm. was a mess. A mess. And so I was... I finished with the interviews. I did great. They kept passing me on. It was the week that I was waiting to see if I got an offer or not. And I took a walk. I meditated and sat with my thoughts. And then I came back in the house, asked my husband if he would support me, if I could pull out of this candidate experience and wait on what is really a match for me. And he yeah. did and I emailed them and politely asked for them to pull my candidacy. Yeah. I was no longer interested. That takes guts, Carla. That I've takes never guts. done that before. <laughs> I have never done that before. That takes guts. But I, I'm telling but you, you know, the feeling that it gave me would be working for them was a deja vu moment from a previous employer. And it was like, I've been there, done that. And I don't want to do it again. Yeah, so I was just going to set myself up to go through, you know, a little bit of heartache. Yeah, I get it, man. I just, you know, it's like Vivian Thomas and something the Lord made like that kept trying and kept trying and kept trying, you know, on that heart surgery and finally was able to achieve, achieve that milestone. I think that whenever you put your mind to doing something, 
You just have to believe and be confident in what you know you can do. And sometimes it's not always going to work the first time or the second time or the third time. And I feel like that's what you learned throughout this process, Carla. We have strategies and tools and things that we tell people all the time about how to go about, you know, looking for a job, how to go about interviewing, things to do within their career. And just because, and I want people to know, just because you give someone advice or tell them to do something, if they do it and it doesn't work, that doesn't mean it doesn't work. And that it just means that you have to apply pressure and keep doing it. And I want you all to know, just me walking through this experience with Carla, she did nothing new under the sun. We, the same principles and tools that we educate our audience or people that come to us for consulting on an individual basis, the same things that we tell them, we use ourselves. Yeah. We're saying this from experience. I knew what to do and I knew the experience of being laid off. And so I, you know, gave that advice and everything to Carla. But just because it didn't work the first month or the second month or the third month or the fourth month, we knew it was going to work. It's just sometimes it's just timing. Right, Carla? It's just timing. It's nothing that you did. Sometimes it's just not your time. And I will also like to say that Sometimes you have to really sit down and trust yourself. Mm-hmm. There was a moment that I didn't trust myself. I didn't believe in the skills that I had. Say, for example, with my resume. Yeah. I thought I've by then I applied for like 170 jobs and I'm like, okay, it's my resume. Yeah. It's not getting picked up with keywords. So it was this person on LinkedIn, you know, everybody advertises that they do resume rewrites and all that. And they have all these testimonials. So I thought I would give that a try. And the product I received back was not worth it at all. Mm-hmm. And I think if I would have just been able to trust myself. Yeah. And really hold on to what I already had. Mm -hmm. I felt even worse after I got the resume back that I paid for. And I was like, what in the world? You're all over LinkedIn. I thought I was supposed to get like the resume from Mars. The the Rolls Royce of resume. Right. I know Camille. Camille was like, if you do pay for a resume, it better be on gold paper. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, honestly, you got to be careful out there. And I'm going to shoot a plug for our resume writer, (laughs) Deidre Orr. Yes, it wasn't her. It wasn't (laughs) Deidre. I'm talking about. Yeah, but But I'm saying I'm shooting a plug for her. If you need a resume, we do know where to get one. We now have a new resume partner. Right. Go ahead, Carla. (laughs) But no, I just wanted to say you really do got to trust yourself. And like Camille said, just because it's not working right now doesn't mean that that principle or or that thought process does not work. Guess what? Because guess what? In the end, how did you end up getting your new job? The one word. Network. You tell everybody. What was it, Carla? Networking. Okay. Don't our audience. I'm talking to you. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm talking to you people. We tell you almost every episode and everything that we do, that you have to network. And in the end, that's how Carla got a new job. She was networking from the beginning, right? That's what I said. Just because you try something once doesn't mean that it doesn't work. It means 
sometimes you have to try it again. And I will say all of the actual opportunities and conversations that I did have with companies still didn't come from me applying. Even the opportunity that I have now, all the other conversations came from knowing someone or someone seeing me on LinkedIn. Yep. See? Yeah. Nothing, nothing resulted from me applying. I've never, I've only gotten a job maybe one time by applying. Every job that I've ever had in my whole career, except for when we were like in high school, came from networking or came from somebody knowing my work and recommending me or me reaching out directly. I've never really gotten a job ever just applying and a recruiter calling me back. I've always had to hustle and make myself known to the employer. Right. Because I'm going to tell you, you know, networking, because recruiters burn my grits. (laughs) It's a company excluded, I I hope. I'd rather stick myself out there and message 50,000 people on LinkedIn and through email than wait for a recruiter to call me because they, (laughs) I don't know what is going on in TA, but <laughs> it's really like, let's do better, guys. Let's yeah, do- I mean, I'm not even going to lie because, you know, I've been in a, you know, job search process within the last, you know, three years or whatever. And I've some of the recruiters that I've talked to, I've been ghosted and I'm a recruiter. Oh, yes, how I'm you going go, to How you going to ghost a recruiter? <laughs> and you're a recruiter. Like, who does that? No. Have you ever had a phone screen where the recruiter is washing dishes? While he's phone you. Yeah, I did. I had that. Wow. Mm-hmm. Come on, guys. Let's step it up. Mm-hmm. To all my TA peeps. Let's step it up. I have too many friends complaining about recruiters ghosting, not following up, and not, and not being professional. Let's step it up, y'all. Please do. <laughs> that, that makes the unemployment experience even that much more stressful. Right. You know? Yeah. We can get off on that tangent. All yeah. night. So, Carla, let's bring it to a close. Okay. As my dad would say, he was a Baptist preacher. Let's bring this to a close. <laughs> um, what would you leave our audience with, like for those that are seeking employment, that have been laid off in this kind of challenging economy, mm-hmm. global pandemic era? What would you tell them as far as final thoughts? So some of my final thoughts. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's the only way you're going to get to where you want to go. Mm -hmm. To have a good tribe, have people that you trust, have people that are going to encourage you, correct you when you're wrong, hold you accountable, have those people that you can just talk through your emotions so you don't bottle in, so you don't set in depression and all of that. Also, I would say for me and We don't discuss religion on this show, but having faith for me really helped me get through this. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing I would say is when you get employment or if you are employed, I would say find ways to find joy and happiness outside of working for a company Mm -hmm. because we can get so connected to working. It can be so ingrained in our lives that the joy and happiness we feel and the benefits that we get from working when we don't have work, it kind of destroys us emotionally. Mm-hmm. In the process, what do we do if we don't have a job? Who am I? Yeah. If I don't have a job. Yeah. And so I would say 
to make sure you worked to build that joy and happiness within yourself that's not ingrained and totally connected to working. That's some good advice, Carla. Like and, some good advice. I couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. And, you know, connect, if you're going to connect that to some type of work, connect that to your dreams. Yes. Mic drop. Not to other people's dreams. To your dream. Connected to your dream. your dreams if you're going to invest all your emotions into something. Invest them in your own thing. Because, yeah, you know, advice. outside of that, you know, just think how bad I would have felt if I didn't have the career salon. Yeah. Where would I have gone with my thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. Where, where were those skills going to go? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Wow, Carla. Well, I'm so happy for you, sister, that you got a new opportunity and that you were able to wait it out to find a mutual fit and something that you're going to do very well in. And like I said, you all, you know, this is just, you know, us being real in the career salon and, you know, being transparent and letting you all know that, you know, just because you're in this space, um, like the career salon is, and we've been in HR. Carla's been in HR for what, 18 years going on? Years this year. Yeah. And there'll be 16 years in recruiting for me just because we have built our education and experience and have decent, you know, opportunities in our careers doesn't mean we don't go through things. And so just take it to Carla's kind of her path to getting new employment and the things that she gave tips on and try to apply it to your situation if you be encouraged. Um, Actually, we thank you for joining us for this episode. Thank you, Carla, for being transparent and and giving tips and, and things like that to our audience. I hope you all appreciate it. We will catch you on the next episode. This is Carla, the HR expert. And this is Camille, the recruiting expert. And we're the HR twins. You just finished an episode of the Career Salon podcast. Be sure to follow us on all social media platforms at The Career Salon. And don't forget to subscribe and follow on all podcast platforms for upcoming episodes.